Plenty of NRL news on today's Splash, plus the Wallabies player ratings later on. It's Wednesday, the 29th of November. Yeah, a number of NRL headlines we'll get to in a moment with NRL journo Nathan Ryan. I'm Phil Pryor, host of The Splash. Welcome in on this Wednesday edition uh, in cricket. Cameron Bancroft, uh, Tom Morris's penned uh, feature for the website. It's been going great all day. I would highly recommend going and checking that one out. Uh, and anticipation, not only building ahead of England v Australia, a couple of showdowns, a couple of sports happening this weekend in Australia. Uh, one, of course, at Suncorp Stadium, the other down in Adelaide. Uh, but anticipation also for the World Cup draw in uh, in football as well, which is happening this Friday uh, and also on the Fox Sports website today worth checking out every English Premier League goal from overnight. But let's dig deeper into some Rugby League headlines with NRL uh, and Rugby League general uh, reporter Nathan Ryan. How are we? I like the general. We've had Private Ryan, the column this year. Maybe we'll uh, change the name to General <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, different uh, meaning. Of course, you know, Rugby League World Cup doesn't quite fall under the NRL. So uh, so it's more than just NRL reporter at the moment. Um, but General League reporter. Yeah, exactly. That's a, an interesting place to start because it seems like Rugby League and the NRL have, uh, have a, a clashing at the moment as the fallout from Josh Hodgson's ACL tear continues. Um, of course, the English hooker and Canberra Raiders uh, star hooker uh, pretty much out for the entirety of next season you would assume normally a nine month ish recovery Raiders coach Ricky Stewart has come out asking for salary cap uh, compensation and today Wayne Bennett has backed up that idea of course he's coach of this English outfit uh, and took a big swipe at the NRL um, basically saying that the NRL aren't, aren't interested in, in worrying about these types of issues uh, and therefore they don't really care about the clubs despite the fact it's the clubs that offer their players that are mm. on their books uh, to play in, in these representative formats. Um, what's your take on, on this situation? Do you think uh, that clubs should be given some kind of uh, salary cap con- uh, compensation for players that suffer injuries in the representative arena? Yeah, definitely think they should. They're obviously left out of pocket, down a player, and uh, in the Raiders' case, a, a marquee player, a yeah. crucial player. You know, the, um, their premiership hopes of some would argue that they they uh, they hinge on a player like Josh Hodgson. De- definitely, you know, a key member of the spine, a, a hooker, their number one hooker, uh, and it's been well reported that their depth in that position is is a major issue. Uh, thanks to the salary cap. And now this has just thrown a, another spanner in the work. So um, definitely a, a cruel blow for the Raiders and before a, a ball is kicked in 2018. So it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. I, I, I'm totally right beside Ricky Stewart and everything that he says. There should be some form of, of compensation. Now, whether that's a, a like for like, you know, Josh Hodgson's contract hypothetically is valued at $600,000 a season. He gets injured. Do they then get a, an injury um, figure of six hundred thousand dollars to 
go and find a, a replacement for that season or you know uh, is is there some sort of uh, partial payment or is um, you know is, is there a, a pool of money uh, an injury fund and and a clause where we have these teams of of top 30s um, uh, similar to the NFL where you, you have injured reserves and yeah. bring bring players in and out of, of your squad maybe that's something that, that needs to be looked at and I would imagine that the RLPA as they tie up um, the collective bargaining a- agreement moving forward this will be a, a topic of, of conversation but it's an interesting one because it has happened in the international arena so it's yeah. the international federation that uh, are, are responsible somewhat so maybe this is a conversation that um, the International Federation needs to have with the NRL and see if they can come to some sort of, of agreement. Because it, it's, it's certainly not right. I'm just yeah. not sure exactly what the solution is. Does the NRL employ enough people? Like, serious question, because there, there just seems to be issue after issue that the NRL refuses to even address. Why don't why don't they want to know about this kind of an issue? I, I wouldn't say that it's not that they don't want to to know about it. Um, again, because it is an international uh, issue, I, I can't speak for Todd yeah. Greenberg. I mean, Josh Hodgson is paid by the Canberra Raiders, which yeah, and he is gets paid. He gets paid. Issue. Yeah, and he gets paid yeah. regardless. But he's being paid by the England Rugby League team sure. to to play yeah. these games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 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 one of those murky ones that, mm. that needs a bit of clarification. But um, I, I can understand why Todd Greenberg isn't in any great hurry to, you know, address the matter because he's by no means responsible. Um, it's something that we're I'm sure we're going to talk about more <laughs> more over the the coming weeks. And the fact that you know Wayne Bennett is is now uh, joined yeah, Rick, and Ricky's push to to get some sort of resolution when when Wayne speaks uh, against a subject there yeah, there tends to be a, a bit of movement yeah yeah uh, because he came out today and said there's no point in um officially complaining about this because well, that's also a good good tactic you know <laughs> just saying well they're not going to do anything anyway and <laughs> Reverse almost psychology. yeah exactly he's he's a smart <laughs> operator Wayne he's been around for a very long time very successful man, yeah. um, and and he has a he has a knack as well of d- deflecting attention. Mm. Yeah, his team has a very big game to to prepare yeah, for on, on the weekend, of and course. instead of talking about the game and the fact that they've you know without one of their star players, we're talking about how you know the NRL has dudded the Raiders. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Wayne's very clever. Very yeah, clever that way. Certainly. Uh, you, you also published uh, a, a new Market Watch column for the Fox Sports website today. Uh, quite a, a little bit of, uh, of juice in there. First, first of all, off the top, uh, the, the Gold Coast Titans recruited Brenton Lawrence, the front rower from Manly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, despite a lot of injury issues throughout his co- career, has put together several very decent seasons for yeah. the Seagulls. Uh, was push, was pushing for a Queensland jersey there at one stage mm, as well. He's, yeah. he's had a fair career. He's 32 now, and as he said, he's had a fair career, but unfortunately it won't be continuing at the Titans. Yeah, very uh, surprising one, I, I think it's fair to say. Uh, signing a two-year deal and has rocked up at training this morning and told Garth Brennan, look, my body's not up to it. I, mm. I need to call it quits. 
Yeah, it's wow. a it's a selfless uh, decision on on his yeah. part because he's yeah. entitled to uh, claim his his paycheck. He could have spent the the next two years playing Q Cup, um, but but after having the run of injury that he has and and a neck back issue um, is is the main uh, thing that he's had to deal with. He's put his health first, and yeah. and he knows that he's he's not quite right, and the physical nature of you know this great sport it's. It's just going to be too much for him. So um, credit credit to him for, for putting his hand up. He could have done the, the pre-season and, and just trained and collect his paycheck, which um, yeah. Jared Hayne yeah. has <laughs> intended to, to do, um, you know, before you know, leaving for uh, for Parramatta, as, as we expect it will be. So uh, it's, a, it's a blow for the Titans, but they're lucky they're in the front row. They have a fair bit of depth. Yeah. Um, and well, well, they just signed Leilani Latu today from... The Penrith Panthers, who is only 24, he's put together now two uh, really good seasons uh, at the foot of the mountains, uh, and he signs. Obviously, Garth Brennan, he's signed up a couple of these Panthers now, including Mitch Rain and yeah. Latu. Uh, uh, signs on a, it's a pretty lucrative deal, I, I hear. Yeah, it's. Uh, I understand near double what he was earning in uh, mm. in Penrith, which uh, definitely helped helped aid the mm. the move. Um, the the other factor at play is that uh, James Maloney, the the Panthers need a resolution there. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. NRL knocked back a, a two hundred thousand dollar third party okay. by releasing Leilani Latu frees up that money, so they can now sign James Maloney. So yeah. so they win out of it. Um, Leilani Latu moves to the, the Gold Coast. Cost of living's pretty good. Weather's pretty good. Uh, the the coach is is somebody that has managed to get the best football out of him, uh, coming back from a broken jaw. So expecting a, a big season uh, from him, a three year deal. So I think it's a it's a win win in in this situation. Probably softens the blow a little bit by um, Brenton Lawrence hanging up the boots. Yeah, cool uh, and. Sione Matautia was also one of the players that you wrote about in today's Market Watch column. Mm-hmm. Um, please elaborate. Yeah, so the big question mark over Sione at the moment is around head knocks. You asked me earlier in the day how many concussions has Sione had, and I think it's five over the, the space of two years. So mm-hmm. he's had uh, a, a couple of tests that he's had to do over the uh, off-season, uh, they're waiting for the results on the latest test to come back. I'm yep. expecting that they'll have that early next week. Yeah. If they come back with the all clear, which the, the Knights are, are pretty um, positive about that being the case, yep. he'll re-sign for another three years. The mm-hmm. deal has been struck. Uh, the paperwork has been drawn up. The contract just needs to be signed. Okay. So as soon as he gets the green light from the specialist, Matauti will be there for another three years. So that, that'll be a great result. Um, for for Matautia, first of all, for the club, he he was their their captain, their co-captain yeah, yeah. Uh, last year, and I, I guess it gives the fans a a, a lot of um, hope and and promise that the club is heading in the right direction. There's a good balance of you know those new recruits that they've brought in with a bit of experience and staying true to the local products as well. He's only 21. It's hard to believe. It's, it's crazy. He already played for Australia. Yeah. Um, you know he's he's a giant thing as well in the back row. We'll probably end up playing centre next year if they don't uh, wind up signing a, a, another marquee centre. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, very versatile player. So he's he's certainly an excitement machine. Fingers crossed he gets a green light there. Uh, and one more re-signing. Uh, the Roosters, some good some good news. Uh, it's been a, a mixed 
uh, off-season, yeah. you would say. Uh, a very eventful one at, at that. But Isaac Liu uh, has been rewarded for a breakout season. Yeah, so he's on the verge of, of re-signing for another three years. Um, he was obviously involved in the World Cup with, with the Kiwis. He's on holiday at the moment, so once once he gets back from his break, they'll, they'll sit down and sign the paperwork. But my understanding on the situation is that, uh, similar to Matautia, everything's in place. It will be a three-year deal. Um, he's happy with the money. The Roosters are happy with the money. It's just a, a formality now. He's He's got to go and, and sign the paperwork. So uh, we could be waiting for this one for another six-odd weeks yeah. Him, him to uh, come back from break, but um, Isaac Liu will be remaining at the club for another three years. So a great, great result there. Obviously, plenty of controversy around the club, um, yeah. you know, surrounding the whole Cooper Cronk, Mitchell Pierce uh, debacle that keeps going on. We're still waiting for Pierce to to make a decision. Um, met with Cronulla Sharks today while his manager was in Newcastle. Okay, so uh, it's it's intensifying. Uh, it'd be nice to to get a result there, but um, you know, good good result for the Roosters because Isaac Liu has been a, a great performer over the last two seasons. Any time frame when Mitchell Pearce is going to make some kind of decision? On no, this? no, he he hasn't set a time frame, but um, call it a gut feeling based on the conversations that I've had with the clubs that are interested in him. Yeah, I think we'll know where he where he will end up within the next fortnight. I can't see it stretching on any longer than, than two weeks. Okay. I'm anticipating, anticipating some kind of a LeBron-like the decision. Maybe uh, he will do a Jared Hay and call a press conference, pull out a hat, and <laughs> I'm going to... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Thanks for joining the Splash, Nathan Ryan. No worries, Phil. Thanks for having me. Now it's time to talk some rugby union. We've got Sam Worthington, uh, rugby union for Fox Sports Digital Lead. Welcome in. Good to be here, Phil. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, so, bit of bit of news happening around the uh, the Wallabies uh, and the Super Rugby aspects. Uh, firstly, of course, Brad Thorne named his Reds squad for the 2018 campaign. We'll get into that shortly. But uh, after the Wallabies. Uh, final match of the the season last weekend uh, going down to Scotland of course uh, in reasonably dramatic circumstances you've you've gone through across every wallabies game uh, have a, and and you've come up with a basically a player rating for each player throughout the season how did you sort of uh, go about that process uh, yeah pretty simple really just uh, yeah jumping on Google and going back back through all, all our player ratings and literally just combining them all and, and working out the average score for the, the season. So uh, yeah. pretty basic maths. The, uh, the online calculator got a, a bit of a workout, but it's amazing how much stuff you forget about just over the course yeah. of a year like it's um going it was only june that the test season um, began but there's names in there like scott higginbotham and and guys that you just sort of toby smith guys that you forget about that oh, um yeah. that, that were playing for the wallabies um just a few months ago but yeah an interesting process to to work out the average um score and and probably no huge surprises in terms of the guys that uh that came up near the near the top there yeah yeah we we definitely all suffer recency bias when we're looking at uh, things, um, but yeah, of course, we'll, we'll start with the MVP. Uh, it comes as no surprise, given he was the John Eels medalist as well. Israel Folau, how did he score? Yeah, so he had an average score of, uh, I believe, 7.6 out of 10 um, over the course of the season, which is obviously pretty handy. Um, seven pretty I- handy, but it's a, a little alarming when, when your best player 
can't even get to an eight out of ten. <laughs> yep, yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. <laughs> it's it's funny with these player ratings things. Like some some people think that um, would would view five as a terrible score. Yeah. Um, others would say no, that's obviously a pass mark and not too bad. Yeah, so everyone's yeah. got their own kind of takes on this. And these these player ratings were a combination of, of Christy Doran did a lot of the ratings throughout the season. Um, I did them some weeks, and then uh, Jim Tucker, I think, uh, was was our guy for one of the tests as well so yeah a bit of a everyone views it a, a bit differently um Sefa Naivalu actually he, he had a eight out of ten but he only played the one test so we won't <laughs> we won't really count him but yeah Izzy Falau um was clearly missed in the, in the last two games of the yeah. season um yeah. against England and Scotland um I didn't have any really low scores he, he was very consistent and and um an absolute weapon and, and Adam Coleman he he polled very well as well um he was right up there Michael Hooper um, and Marika Karavidi, who came yep. into the se- uh, to the team uh, towards the end of the year, also very consistent player. Yeah. So, who would you say sort of uh, emerged from this as uh, as exceeding expectations, uh, performing yeah. well? Yeah, I think Marika Karavidi is one of the real success stories. Yeah. Um, like we, we knew about his try scoring potential, but I think yeah. one of the things that people um, were really excited about was his his defensive prowess. Um, okay. So for, transitioned for the, back from rugby league very quickly and easily. Yeah, well, the, the Wallabies took their time with him. Like, he went on the spring tour last year but didn't actually play, um, yeah. so he's been in the environment for, for quite a long time, and I think that was shown to be quite a savvy move by Michael Checker. He's, he's got his head around uh, the, the rules and the breakdown, and he's actually yeah. competing really well um, at the breakdown. He's got that sort of low centre of gravity um, that's quite hard to move at ruck time, and, and he's putting in some huge hits as well. Um, mm-hmm. So and, and making good decisions, he, he tends to fly up um, on, on the opposition fullback or, or centre comes off his wing at times but he seems to have a really good knack of, of judging when to do that and, and, and makes um, some crucial tackles. So, Oh, well, I mean the, the Melbourne Storm obviously yep. defends so well, particularly out yep. wide. So that he obviously would have learned a lot through that system as well and, and can transfer a lot of uh, those skills and decision-making abilities uh, in defence. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, quite right. And you can see yeah, how well he's been coached and um, you know that he sticks to sticks to his game plan I guess um, so yeah he's been a huge success story and, and what was another mixed season for the Wallabies and he's basically locked down uh, one of those wing spots going forward now Okay and uh, and the other end of the scale who who were the sort of the disappointments and, and went below expectation at least? Yeah going back through it all um, I think the, the front row in, in general um, didn't get great scores uh, Scott Seo and Alan Alalatoa um, to the two Brumbies props, um, you know they were guys we had huge expectations of. Uh, Co was, you know, even going back to the last World Cup, had had real world class potential. And then Ella Latoa um, this season for the Brumbies was one of their best, but they they didn't really consistently deliver at Test level. They had had moments, some some games where they'd uh, they'd, they'd dominate for for patches and scrums and around the field, and then they'd go missing at other times. So yeah, going back through um, their form line throughout the season. Um, uh, a little bit disappointing there, I think. Yeah, okay. Bernard Bernard Foley would be another one. Um, yeah. Very, very inconsistent. He's, he's another guy that the Wallabies need to be consistently world-class, but mm. this season, going back through the scores, um, quite patchy, and his goal-kicking um, also reflected that. Do you think this season, uh, going, you know, overall has laid a, a platform to, to build on moving forward? Well, we were all thinking that. We were all hopeful. Of course, the, the Wallabies went seven games unbeaten there. They, yeah. they bet the All Blacks. They drew twice with the Springboks and, and, and you know, bet Argentina. And 
and then went up to, to Wales and took care of them. Yeah. Um, but then the wheels just, just fell <laughs> off, didn't they? Um, discipline yeah. issues again, cards, um, some debatable, some pretty obvious, like Sakopi Kepu's one at the weekend. Yeah. Um, pretty silly and, and uh, really stuffed up the Wallabies' hopes. So, uh, like, it, it, it's really hard to sort of judge their season, but I don't think you could give overall more than maybe a, a, a C-plus maybe for the for the course of the season. Um, it, you know, some, some really alarming lows mixed mm. with some, some, some eye-catching highs, um, most notably that All Blacks win, albeit in a dead rubber. So it, it's pretty hard to get a, a read on them, but they've, they've been yeah. overtaken in the world rankings um, now by Ireland, down to number four in the world rankings, and I think that, that pretty much sums up where they are at the moment. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and back domestically up in Queensland, Brad Thorne's Queensland Reds. He's named his squad for next season. Firstly, a more general sort of scope of the situation. Uh, have you noticed much in the way of uh, any changes around the scenes um, since Brad Thorne has taken over and what he's implementing in terms of culture and training and that kind of thing? Yeah, well, very early days in terms of, of that. They're only just sort of starting their pre-season now. But yeah. um, we obviously saw his work with Queensland Country and the NRC mm. going from literally the wooden spoon to, to champions in his, yeah. in his first season in charge. Um, so, I mean, I, I think we all we all know what Brad Thorne's about, just complete no-bullshit sort of guy, um, just, just roll your sleeves up, hard, hard work. So I'm sure the, the team will be fitter um, this season. Um, during 2017, they, they noticeably uh, dropped off towards the back end of games. I don't think we'll see that happening um, and defence as well he, he, he completely uh, turned around the defensive fortunes of Queensland country and the NRC with, with just a uh you know, just bodies on the line. You know, all, all the cliches about about that defensive um, mindset. I guess so. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see um, revolutionary game plans or anything. I think it's yep. going to be very yep. much just all about uh, hard work and and and, and, and playing for your mates and all, and all those sporting yeah. cliches. But they are so important, of course, in, in a contact sport like rugby. So um, yeah, early days, but we look forward to, to hearing the stories over pre-season. I think it'd be pretty pretty brutal from uh, from Brad Thorne up there. And I hear you're going to have a go at uh, naming their their best fifteen based on the squad that they've announced today. Uh, how do you think it? looks on paper yeah it's 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 not a huge uh, not hugely different to last season really um they, they've lost a couple of senior players like Stephen Moore and and Hendrick Tui Rob Simmons has gone down to the the Waratahs so they're largely going with the homegrown approach um the the Reds basically missed out on the on the lot- lottery I guess um one way to put it the all the players um yeah. coming off contract with the force um They've basically all gone to the Rebels. The Brumbies and, and the Waratahs have picked up a couple of players and, and the Reds um, have basically missed out. So, yeah, they're, they're just looking for a very... Uh, How does that happen, by the way? So, well, to a long story short, I guess the uh, huge part of it was the Rebels coach, uh, Dave Vessels. He's obviously come from yeah. the force and, and um, brought a lot of his, those players with him. But the, the Rebels also took an educated punt with the salary cap and left yeah. uh, a huge amount of their salary cap open, yeah. Um, yeah. taking a punt that they were going to be the ones to survive and, and the force would go. So yeah, okay. that's turned out to be a, a very successful gamble and they've, they've had room um, to... to to fit um, yeah, players yeah. in under the salary cap, but it's all got a bit messy now. The the Rugby Australia is basically 
because all the clubs are now going to be over the salary cap with with um, with these players coming in. So they basically waived that for this season, and and so it's caused a bit of discontent around the around the traps. But I think um, Queensland have, have got a knack of producing um, really good young players. Oft, often some of those young players haven't quite kicked on at Super Rugby levels, but I think um, Brad Thorne's shown a lot of faith in, in the development systems from you know some of the star schoolboys players up there. So that's going to be crucial to their future, I think. Interesting. Uh, where do we find these uh, articles? Foxsports.com.au <laughs> <laughs> on the rugby on the rugby uh, website. So you'll yeah, be uh, lobbing. Um, what are we today? We're uh, Wednesday. So yeah, Wednesday PM at some stage they'll be they'll be going up. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Slash Sam. Thank you, mate. Cheers. And yeah, that'll do us today. We'll probably spend the rest of the week previewing Australia v England across the cricket and of course the rugby league. Uh, stay tuned for all that on the Fox Sports website. And until next time on the Splash, that's a wrap. Thank you.